Hello and welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wentland. This is episode 46. Of course you're a coach, so be a good one. Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here. Because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. Do you consider yourself a coach? And I don't just mean if you have direct reports, but I mean if you're like, you know, a human being with others around you, do you think of yourself as a coach to others? Because you potentially are or can be. It's all in your mindset. Of course, it's also in your skill set. And we're going to talk about both. The mindset of a coach can be viewed in the context of an effective definition of a coach. And there are probably like, I don't know, billions out there. And I know that you have one in your head as well. When you think of someone who's been a coach for you, who do you think of and what did they do that was inspiring or impactful? How did they make you feel and how did they change you for the better or did they? It's interesting to note that a coach can change behaviors through positive, constructive actions or the opposite. You could have had a coach who was ineffective in their approach or technique, and yet you still may have learned from them. Consider Bobby Knight's tenure at Indiana was, in quotes, marked by instances of extremely temperamental behavior, end quote. As an example, highly successful outcomes and sometimes very questionable techniques. But he created champions and championships. So as we consider coaching, use your own lens as a window into your own approach. Consider who thinks of you as their coach and what impact you're having on them because someone thinks of you in this way and what a great opportunity to explore the effect that you're having on them during this episode. All right, back to the definition of coaching. And I'm going to share one that I've used for years because to me, it really speaks both to the mindset and also I think the perspective of what an effective and impactful coach considers, and this comes from Blessing White, the Global Executive Summary. They define coaching as a focused and intentional effort to help another person figure out the best way to achieve his or her goals, build skill sets or expertise, and produce the results that the organization needs. Now, there are certain elements that I'd like to expand on that I think that are particularly important within that definition. And there are four. One is that it's focused and intentional. Of course, 
I think intention is important. That's why I like, you know, named my company intentional leadership is because I think deliberate action is important, meaning that coaching is a deliberate action. And as coaches, we know the individual or the organizational goals. We should know our purpose and intentions prior to coaching, and we should also tell the individual what our intentions are, because this type of transparency establishes trust and builds a common purpose. For example, if I have an employee and I'm going to coach them, I wouldn't launch directly into my feedback, like, I want to give you some feedback about blah, blah, blah. I would first tell them that I want them to be successful and credible. That's really my purpose. Or if it was a peer, I'd want them to be a stronger project leader and to be able to do more in less time. Or what if it was my boss? I might want them to be a champion for our team and for our needs. So describing intentions and purpose first, always a great idea. And I love that it's embedded into this definition. Second important part of the definition is that we're helping the other person. This is essential in coaching because one of the biggest tools as an effective coach is asking questions. Through thoughtful and focused questions, we create awareness, perspective, and we give context to why change is needed. That's how we are helping. We're also in the position to know the consequences of inaction, meaning if that person doesn't grow or change, what is the impact for them? For example, Let's say you're coaching a team leader to engage their team more in project planning. This versus doing it themselves and then sharing it with the team like, ta-da, here's the plan. In this example, it's important to articulate the need to change in the context of that person's effectiveness and the impact on the team and the success of the project. That insight helps the other person to realize why change is needed and it creates motivation. All those things can be accomplished by helping the other person, and in particular, with good questioning. The third part of the definition that I think is a really a given, and most people would say, duh, is the goals, skill set, and expertise. In coaching, there's obviously something to be gained for the individual that would help them to be more effective to achieve their goals or aspirations, and that means change or growth or development. As a result of your coaching, that person should be focused on change. This could mean a change in behavior or mindset or both. But just know that mindset tends to precede behavior change. So if you're uncertain, explore the mindset first. For example, if I'm a first-time manager, I would need to change my mindset from an individual contributor and a doer, and most commonly a subject matter expert, to that of a leader getting results through others. My subject matter knowledge, while still important, often takes a backseat to the engagement and motivation of my team. And this is a really big mindset shift and an important one for me to understand before changes to my behavior are likely to occur. And then the fourth part of the definition that's so important is that we're focused on organizational results. We coach in the context of organizational needs. And many times as a coach, we have an advantage because we see the bigger picture, maybe because our perspective is different or maybe because of our experience or our position. 
but the view of the world or the customer, client, team, or organization in a way provides an opportunity for growth and alignment. And we have to package any kind of coaching in the context of those bigger picture results. So the four elements that I think are particularly important are that coaching is focused and intentional. We're helping the other person. There are goals, skill sets, and expertise to be gained and that we're putting it in the context of organizational results. And with that as a backdrop, what I want to share is three of the most common pitfalls that I have seen in working with thousands of managers who are coaches. Number one, sometimes coaches have no clear purpose or perspective that is focused on the individual or the organization. And what I mean by that is sometimes we want others to act, work, problem solve, communicate, decide, and well, just about everything to be like us. We have a bias for those like us. And when other people aren't, we sometimes believe that they are less effective. So we coach them to be more like us, which is slightly problematic as an intention or goal, because it's like contrary to the definition that we just talked about, which is of course about them and their goals and their growth. Darn it. Number two is telling versus asking. And this is huge because when we're a coach, we rely on our experience and our knowledge. And many times we believe that we know the right path or we can determine the best outcome for others to follow. The mistaken belief that we must solve everyone's problems or to direct them is common. It is avoidable. And this one is tricky because sometimes we do this in the guise of being supportive, helpful coaches. But ironically, we are helping ourselves with this approach. For example, it saves us time, makes us feel good and competent and capable. And of course, it's much easier to execute. But this is inconsistent with our goal to develop others. Hashtag big bummer. All right, number three pitfall is not sharing the why. When providing encouragement, direction, a new challenge, or focused feedback, all of this requires context. A good coach provides the why behind the desired change. Understanding the why is essential. However, it doesn't always result in action. And that too is the challenge of being a coach. The choice to change is not ours. So with all that said, the definition of a coach and the three pitfalls, not having a clear purpose, telling versus asking, and not sharing the why, you're a coach. Of course you're a coach. And who are you a coach to? Make it a goal to be a good coach, a great one, a legendary one, and be intentional. In the next episode, I'm going to share the four steps to a successful coaching discussion. And with all of this, consider the immortal words of Bobby Knight. I don't have to wait until the next morning to regret something that I did. That was kind of dumb. Oh, Bobby, I've been there too as a coach. Thank you for listening to episode 46. I would love you to share this podcast or provide me feedback on how I can make it better and more effective. And join me next time as we dive into four coaching steps.